watch this. As some of us may be aware, our friend Riley regularly performs in local theater. One of the recent shows she was in was a production of Mamma Mia, the ABBA jukebox musical. And in honor of that, we're going to be watching the movie based on said musical. With me, I have Riley, of course. Hi. And Andrew. Mamma Mia. Here we go, Here we go again. again. Uh, Mamma Mia premiered on June 30th, 2008 at Leicester Square in the UK and it went into wide release on July 10th in the United Kingdom, July 17th in Germany, and July 18th in the United States and Canada. It was directed by Felita Lloyd, written by Katherine Johnson, uh, based on the musical written by Katherine Johnson and featuring the music of ABBA, and stars Meryl Streep, Pierce Brosnan, Colin Firth, Stellan Skarsgård, Julie Walters, Dominic Cooper, Amanda Seyfried, and Christine Bransky. In this movie, a young woman raised by a single mother invites her three possible baby daddies to her wedding. And I'm going to read to Critics Consensus. <sighs> This jukebox musical is full of fluffy fun, but rough singing voices and a campy tone might not make you feel like you can dance the whole 90 minutes. As always, if you want to watch along with us, then you can go over to Just Watch, find out where you can buy, rent, or stream the movie in your area. This time you'll need to pause after the Universal logo, and when I give the countdown and say now, then press play and you should be synced with us. Alright, what do you think of us doing Mamma Mia? I actually watched this movie when I was, um, during, like, during Tech Week, we were backstage and we were watching this on the phone. So I'm really excited to watch this. Watch it with... Quote David Lynch, you're not getting the real experience. <laughs> Get real! Hmm. But anyway, um, I watched this movie a few times. I never saw it full. When I was, whenever I went to my sister's lacrosse screams in Poughkeepsie, um, my great aunt and uncle had this movie in their collection. In fact, it was one of their favorite movies. So, I could not escape it. And, like, I don't know what it is. Maybe I maybe I still enjoy it. Maybe there's just a hint of Stockholm Syndrome. We'll see. I never I never watched this movie for myself, or, like, I, or really in full at all, but I do vividly remember going to see a movie in, like, early to, uh, like, early 2008. I think, and like, um, and one of the trailers was for Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, and I just, and I thought to myself, they made a sequel? Did that really need a sequel? It needed a sequel. The Mamma Mia lore runs deep, as we implied in uh, the Rock of Ages episode about the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So, the, 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 the Mamma Mia lore is so deep they, they actually made like a band based off of it a swedish band from like the late 70s to early 80s uh yeah didn't I'll the blues brothers something that sorry didn't the blues brothers make that band <laughs> they uh, probably discovered them i wouldn't say they made them yeah when are the blues brothers gonna discover us Someday. Someday. We did, we did Blues Brothers as one of our first episodes of the podcast. Um, can we not do Blues Brothers 2000? Uh, uh, I'm going to hold off on that. I mean, I do like the song Funky Nassau and Looking for a Fox, but uh, I, 
I, I, mean, I, I can't bring myself to it's like Blues Brothers. The soundtrack's gonna be fire, obviously, but um, I've seen many reviews of Blues Brothers 2000, and it is quite the opposite of Mamma Mia. Here we go again. <laughs> like, if only Blues Brothers 2000 had a random share cameo where she sang an ABBA song. Uh, guys? Yeah, I no, I'm still here. Uh, okay, then. Well, Bush Brothers 2000 has cameos, but the raw people were in the original Blues Brothers. You got, like, Aretha Franklin and James Brown reprising their roles. Um, and there's nothing wrong with this. Eight people, but uh, I want to see some new faces, you know? Yeah, they also... Didn't they also have Erica Badu? I'll have to look that up. Yeah, okay. Um. Anyway, is everyone ready to roll? Yep. I am ready. I'm ready, I'm ready to, to pray to the... the time of my life. Dancing <laughs> queen. Yep. The Madonna Mia. Three. Wait. Oh, I get it. I get it. Ugh. Okay, Um. three, two, one, now. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you guys hear that booing? What just? Wait, what'd you say? I I heard something. <laughs> okay, the Madonna. You Mia. see, I was. I was a really yeah, bad like, one. I had to boo you. Yeah. I didn't hear you boo. Oh my god, is this is this Titanic? <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> yeah, Titanic. That movie that like clogs up all the thrift stores along with Wee Balance Fords and the uh, vinyls mm. that nobody cares about. Yeah, that's alright. Where, uh, it looks like that lifeboat. Why did Leon? Why is there only her? Did did she kick Leonardo DiCaprio off? I mean, there's room for both of them. Oh my God, I'm putting that in the lore. Mama Mia is a stealth sequel to Titanic. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um. So, there's our main character, Sophie, played by Amanda Seyfried, and she has written three notes. Um, one to uh, Pierce Brosnan, one to Colin Firth, and the other to Stellan Skarsgård. She's sending them to them in the past and warning them never to accept the, the auditions for Mamma Mia. That <laughs> made me think of something. So, um... In May, they had, like, a Mamma Mia open call on the West End, and apparently, like, they announced it, and there was, like, an eight-hour queue to just get into, like, the audition room, and they, and if you, like, waited for, like, eight hours, they'd turn away you. Like, you would get mm. turned away, and, like, they wouldn't even see you, so there was, like, 30,000 people in line for the Mamma Mia open call. And only like a thousand people got selected to like mm. actually audition. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That, so that must have been Pierce Brosnan's character. He he looks like such a charming guy. I sure hope he doesn't open his mouth and sing. Oh, that like what Riley, what you just said reminded me like uh there that that would be a um ideal. We got a tile card. Idea. Yeah. 
That would be an ideal rom-com idea. Like, people people have a meet-cute um, while waiting in line to audition for, like, while waiting for line, in line for, like, an obscenely long time to, um, a, to, like, for, like, a musical. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um... Well, we're now watching um, rare footage of the Trace Hombres uh, meeting for the first time. I don't even know how they got this footage. It hasn't happened yet. It won't happen till April. Um, maybe. Um, uh, just fingers crossed. The the one thing that's wrong is the scene is that this the island isn't violently imploding for no reason right now. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, and and we're not um, and we're not just stu making stupid poses in front of um, random random parking lot from Closet Monster or like random locations like making pilgrimages as we set implied we would do in the our commentary for that movie. Who's gonna be singing uh, Honey Honey? Um, I mean, you were in Mamma Mia. You're you're more than obliged to. And I'm going to sing all the songs that Pierce Brosnan was saying <laughs> so that they can sound good. <laughs> well, do you guys want to see my... Um... Can I tell you guys about my Mamma Mia stickers that I got? Oh, sure. I would love to know about the Mamma Mia stickers. So at the end of the show, we always get these like little swag bags with like our cast t-shirt and like our headshot and we get like some things as well. We get like some candy and we get some stickers. So I got like a bunch of like, there was like a huge sticker pack that I got. Not like huge, but I got like a pretty good collection of one. So one of them was on my Mac, like on my cover and it has like um, a microphone and it has like Mamma Mia on it. Let me find it. Let me find my collection. One second. Hmm. You know... Anyway, time for our first song of the day, Honey Honey. If I'm being honest, I like this version better than the original ABBA version. That is the only time I will ever say that about any of the songs on the Mamma Mia soundtrack. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it feels like gratuitous ABBA karaoke. Like, um, which is why, um... Movies based on jukebox musicals are um, based on around the specific artist shouldn't um, should just kind of be lax. Um, I mean, I mm -hmm. would make if the movie and Juliet ever, if the movie version of the musical and Juliet ever got made. Um, like I don't know, I'd probably make a pass for that. Just as long as they do their own. Isn't thing. Isn't that the musical that that's like a jukebox musical of? Like girly teen pop stuff from the late '90s and early 2000s. It's about Juliet. Yeah, it's based on the songs of uh, composer Max Martin, and um, so basically, its its premise is basically: What if Juliet didn't kill herself at the end of Romeo and Juliet? And baby, one more time is gonna tell me about that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what? Well, well, I suggest I put it in the suggestion box for uh, Rock of Ages. Um, uh, mm. Let me see what other songs are um, uh, here. Uh, it's currently playing on Broadway, but it's not going to be in the Macy's Parade. Sadly, um, mm. I want it that way. Uh, Domino by Jesse J. Show Me Love. 
Um, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Uh, teenage dream slash break free. Um, so I did it again. I kissed a girl. It's my life. Love me like you do. What? Since, yep. Since you've been gone. Which uh, Juliet are we talking about? Shakespeare Juliet or like a famous Juliet from the 2000s? Shakespeare Juliet. Hmm. Okay. I know. I was just being funny. I hear from like a little songbird that um, problem slash can't feel my face is um, the highlight of the show. I honestly find it weird that um, the same guy who wrote uh, stuff like Teenage Dream, Oops, I Did It Again, um, It's Gonna Be Me, Can't Stop the Feeling, is the same guy who wrote It's My Life by Bon Jovi. <laughs> yeah. Bon hey Jovi. Yeah. You guys want to hear about my stickers? Okay. I would love to hear about okay. the stickers. So, these are like five of them. I have one. It says honey honey on it. Kind of fitting because we're currently at the scene. And then mm. I have one that has like dollars on it. And like on the wrapper, it says it's a rich man's world. That one's really cute. I have one that says here we go again. Um, I have a drawing of Sophie and Donna, and then I have one of just the Mamma Mia logo. Hmm. I... Yeah. So, I, I have some, uh, Come From Away pins. Uh, that's the closest I'll ever get to, like, having those kinds of stickers. Hmm. Yeah, I never, I don't have any of those stickers, but I do have Hades Town on vinyl, and I will count that. I mean, I also have a t-shirt from uh, Come From Away. It reads, suddenly there's nothing between me and the sky. Aww. Hmm. Nice. Uh, so, uh... Well, that's my train of thought. Okay, so, um... I, I've been... At my hockey games, they've been playing ABBA songs. And I can't help but think of you, Riley. Oh. It's a sign. Hmm. I played Dancing Queen and uh, and uh, they played Does Your Mother Know? Does Your Mother Know mm. is so good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what else. Um, one of my best friends mm. played Tanya, and she killed it. She was so good. Hmm. Hmm. was it? Speaking of Tanya, that was Christine Baranski right there, being spooked by an anglerfish. Angler, oh, like it's like uh, shades of that one scene from Finding Nemo, where like they met the anglerfish. Yep. Oh my God! It's it's rich white boy, teenage white boy protagonist. I completely forgot his name. I think it's a part of the earth. Mm. Are you... Okay, I just checked. It's Sky. It is a part of the earth. Uh, I, I bet if, if for some reason I just thought of like Skylar White. My name is Skylar White, yo. My name is Walter White, yo. Uh-huh. He told me everything. Poof. 
This this music will be very different if uh, Anna Gunn played uh, Donna instead of Meryl Streep. Wait a minute, AU where Anna Gunn plays Donna and uh, Brian Cranston plays uh, Pierce Brosnan's character. Yeah, and uh, John C. Actually, John C. Riley as Pierce Brosnan's character would be fire. It would have made him listenable. I I agree. Yeah, let's, just... We should just have a counter for every time I make fun of Pierce Brosnan's horrid, horrid voice. Alright, we're starting a counter right now. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, and there's Meryl Streep right now in the quotes of the Nostalgia Critic trying for once in her life not to win an Oscar. Just, <laughs> no. Oh yeah, I actually read that uh, Meryl Streep took on uh, Mama Mia specifically to embarrass her kids. That does sound like something Meryl Streep would do. Especially in this scene right here. Wow. You know, this this film is pretty to look at. I mean, um, on the other hand, uh, she she was in a series of unfortunate events, the movie, because her daughter was, like, a fan of the book series. And I'm choosing... I'm guessing that she chose to be a Mamma Mia because her her daughter did not like Abba. The end to the Yang. Hmm. <laughs> Man, these these characters are very loud. Yeah. Uh, I'm also looking up people who made um, movies for who started movies for their kids. Um. Didn't you, didn't you say, like, last week, that guy who played M. Bison in the uh, Street Fighter movie, he was with cancer. He was, like, about to die from cancer, and he let his kids choose the last film he could be in. Yeah. Like, because his kids, because his sons were, like, big fans of Street Fighter. And so, like, and he went out, mm. he went out with a bang, if you've ever seen that mm -hmm. movie. I have not... But I, I know the story. It's a very sad story, but a very heartwarming one too. Mm. It would be funny if Brian Cranston actually was diagnosed with cancer, and he took the role of Walter White so he could also play someone with cancer. <laughs> that would just be method acting, like really demented method acting. Method acting. <laughs> I'm waiting for a boo. I'm trying to boo you. I found something on. I found a good sound effect on YouTube, and you guys can't even hear it. Come on. Hey, what'd you say? I found a really good canned booing sound effect on YouTube, and now you guys can't even hear it. It's... Uh... Wait, guys, wait. I need complete silence. Okay. Can you guys hear it? Um, I can't. Vaguely. Yeah. All right, hang on. Just, <laughs> just t send me the link and I'll and I'll listen to it myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think this is one of my favorite canned booing sounds ever. 
Indoor small crowd boo and hiss. All right, I found my headphones. Let's listen to this. Looking at people who like. That was the most humbling experience of my life. Thank you, Riley. my phone in case we get another pun here in case we get another pun i'm gonna pull it up and we're gonna have a boo um mm -hmm. i want to make a pun right now i'm gonna test this out someone just make a really bad pun okay i need to find uh i'm gonna find one uh hmm. so, i'm gonna um uh, okay I, I i i have a joke what's worse than finding a worm in your apple Two worms. Pierce Brosnan singing in Mamma Mia! That was glorious. <laughs> okay, wait, we need to have like a like a super count like a super cut of every single time we've made a pun on the podcast. <laughs> And then booze. Yeah. Hmm. And the booze are mostly going to be from you, Riley. You <laughs> and your YouTube links. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. Let's see. And booing is the pinnacle of my sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I mean, Robin Williams didn't start doing stuff, doing kid-friendly stuff after his first son was born, but after his other two kids, uh, one of whom is fellow actress Zelda Williams, they, after they were born, he did Hook, Aladdin, Ferngully, Jumanji, and Jack, and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire kind of counts, and, and even, even up to his death, he did Robots, Happy Feet, and the Night of the Museum franchise. Robin yeah. Williams was in Robots? Yeah, he was Fender! What? Yeah. Man, I'm just uh, sad thinking about how Robin Williams was in like the Nine Museum franchise, and then now he's gone. Yeah. Also, um, I was also thinking of uh, oh, how Jack and um, uh, the film is like universally uh, lambasted. It's about a ten-year-old stuck in a forty-year-old's body. And it's directed by freaking Francis Ford Coppola. Wow. That reminds me of a meme I saw. Um, if you watch Jack backwards, it's basically just Benjamin Button or something. <laughs> in fact, just watch Benjamin Button instead. Sounds like a shitty movie detail to me. And uh, Riley, I, if I recall, this is your favorite uh, number off of Mamma Mia. This is and my just... favorite song by ABBA. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What would you say is your favorite num number from the show? Yeah. Mm. If you watch Jack backwards, it's a bit like Benjamin Button, but it's still crap. Seriously, just watch Benjamin Button instead. Okay. Do we have the curious case of Benjamin Button on the wheel? Um, I I think I should add it. Um. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's in the Criterion Collection. There's something very, uh, very like pandering about a song about a, a a rich white girl who wants money, and they show her imagined spots of her just having all these luxurious yacht stuff with absolutely no hint of sarcasm or irony whatsoever. That reads the same. I mean, as I said, this reads the same energy as like, um, like. It's it's a song by the OJ's um for the love of money and like people use it um to like for like to promote like cash prizes and stuff. So but the song itself is like about how like destruct how like people just kind of destroy themselves for the sake of money. Now imagine if that song was used in a in a like a number, like a scene about a, a, a rich white woman who wanted more luxury than anyone could imagine with no sense of backhanded irony or sarcasm whatsoever. Oh, I, I, I forgot. Like, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something else. Um... Sorry. Um, I'll, I'll yes, this is Greece. And there they are, the polycule. Mm. I'd like to think that all three of those men are happily married to each other. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's it's basically just live action Ice Age. Uh, live action Ice Age is uh, no 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 actually Ice Age is just like. Um, how, yeah, I was about to say, how is I, this any similar to Ice Age? No, because like, because <laughs> like, the the three I, if anything, have, Ice Age is like three men and a baby. Yeah, I mean, Ice Age like there's a bit of romantic undertones in like the first one, like, but um, Queer Eye, but instead of five guys who um, five gay guys who uh, show up and fix your house. It's three gay guys who show up to be your dads and also sing ABBA songs. At this point of the movie, Sophie thinks, hey, maybe I should take a DNA test. But that's not what she thinks. She thinks, hey guys, you want to sing ABBA with me? And they're like, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny, though, if Mari was one of the dads? No! Mori singing SOS. It wouldn't be any worse than Pierce Brosnan. I thought, like, you were saying Mario was like... Chris Pratt? <laughs> oh my god! No! But hey, at least it's not the fat guy who we must not mention. Um, oh yeah, speaking of which, uh... uh, uh... I mean, he, I mean, he did scored it. Yeah. Mm. I was, mm. I was thinking of how like um, his he he did trolls um uh so his kids could watch something he was in, even though Into the Woods wouldn't be considered like a family friendly film, even though it was released under the Disney umbrella, which also and and also. And speaking of which, Into the Woods also features Meryl Streep, uh, which brings it full circle. Mm. 
Wait. I don't think James Corden wanted to show his kids uh, into the woods because it's based off a Sondheim musical. Therefore, it would be good. <laughs> he wanted to show his kids something mediocre or bad so they can get used to what type of stuff he does. We're not going to... Because basically, his kids are not going to go into those woods. <laughs> Oh, also, I just remembered. I mean, I bet, I bet James Corden literally thinks that Silent Time is high art, and therefore his kids must not uh, see it. They must stick to trolls and emoji movie. Oh, that that reminds me. Uh, like Into the Woods, I remember it's reminded of something like ha that happened on the set of Into the Woods. Meryl Streep tripped on her dress um, while filming The Witch's Wrap, and like she fell headfirst towards the concrete floor, and she like. But luckily, Emily Blunt, who was five months pregnant, swooped in and caught her, sparing uh, the entire cast and crew a generation of trauma. No, that must have been. She must have a very blunt catch. Oh. I'm waiting. Yeah. Oh! I get it! Wait, what? She must have a very blunt catch. Uh, since we're like, talking about fun facts of movies, um, I read this in the comment section of Nostalgia Critics Review of Mamma Mia. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> the best thing to come out of this movie was the story Dominic Cooper told in an interview about Pierce Brosnan. During the filming of Mamma Mia, some scenes were shot at the same studio where Casino Royale was being filmed. Ooh. After shooting the Waterloo dance scene, Dominic and Pierce were eating lunch out on the on the uh, the back lot when Daniel Craig walks by in the James Bond tuxedo. Pierce, the previous James Bond, looks to Dominic and goes, "Look at that cocky little shit! Don't get old, kid." Huh. Uh, I'm looking at the Into the Woods trivia page. It says, um, uh, mm. it says, like, I, I I think this was all, um, per all, like, snacked from IMDb. Like, Alan Cumming was considered to play the wolf. Tina Fey auditioned for the baker's wife. Kathy Bates and Allison Janney were in talks to play Jack's mother. And, uh, mm. I, I, like, somebody, like, this is apparently just, like, um, Unsourced IMDb vandalism, which which because nobody can prove anything. Oh my god, guys! I just I just discovered this. Pierce Brosnan had no idea what the project was about when he signed on. The producers told him it was being filmed in Greece and Meryl Streep was starring. Brosnan said he would have signed on for anything involving Streep, describing her as that gorgeous blonde I fancied terribly in drama school. <laughs> So he had no idea he was doing Mamma Mia. No no wonder his singing is below average. Oh, oh my gosh. That um, is... That kind of... Okay, wait. One of my friends, um, he went into Mamma Mia blind. Like, he went into auditions knowing nothing about it, and he played Harry. Wow. 
Yeah. Yeah, we all thought that was really funny. Mm. Let's see here. Um, Colin Firth once stated that if heaven exists, when he arrives, he wants to hear God say, I personally thought you were very good in Mamma Mia. <laughs> that would be interesting indeed. Mm. Mm. This is literally one of Colin Firth's favorite movies. Oh. And good for him. Yeah, and uh, the whole... And when those IMDb... Um, there's, like, IMDb is full of, like, random unsourced claims. Um, like, they're, they're mm. like, on the, for the Muppet Christmas Carol, it says, like, Jack Lemon was considered to play Scrooge. But um, Jack Lemon wanted to play Kermit, and the producers thought he was out of his mind. Hmm. You know, um, this is later in the film, but I wanted to share this. Um, the song played as an instrumental at the beginning of the wedding is Knowing Me, Knowing You. The song is about divorce, so it is completely inappropriate for a wedding. This probably means that Sky and Sophie's uh, relationship is not going to last. Uh, and, oh, like, no. Yeah, IMDb has also said that Frank Oz was going to direct Charlie in the Chocolate Factory and wanted Miss Piggy to play Charlie's mother. Wait, is that actually true? Um, no, it's like, it's probably, it's no. just IMDb vandalism. Oh. And, uh, like, and with the Jack Lemon thing, uh, Kermit was interviewed for like uh, an NME feature called "Does Rock and Roll Kill Brain Cells?" And like they asked him about uh, Jack Lemon being Jack Lemon, and uh... hmm. yeah. And fun fact: uh, Stone Skarsgård is the only Swede in this uh, movie. A movie about Swedish, uh, Swedish music. Okay. Um, Another fun fact: uh, Frida, uh, one one of the A's in ABBA, is not Swedish, but she's from Norway. Uh, oh, I'm 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 looking at the enemy interview. Uh, he was asked uh, which actor wanted to play Kermit in the Muppet Christmas Carol, and he was like, "Seriously, someone wanted to play me in the Muppet Christmas Carol? Who was it?" And uh, it said uh, Jack Lemon, and uh, he wanted to play Kermit, and and Kermit says, "Wow, that's cool. I would have let him have the part if he let me and Fozzie do the odd couple." And now it's time for my favorite part of the episode when I look at the shitty movie details of Mamma Mia. Mm. <laughs> the entire cast of Mamma Mia, here we go again, will be joining Spider-Man 3. <laughs> oh, I'm just like, if you remember the um, sad Kermit thing, um, he said like, Talking of fake Kermits, have you seen Sad the Sad Kermit who proved popular with his cover of Nine Inch Nails Hurt? And he said, I've never seen Sad Kermit. I wish him luck and he hope he cheers up soon. As for being my imposter, I'm okay as long as it doesn't cross the line into Muppet identity theft. Hmm. Like, the movie Mamma Mia includes no dialogue. 
This is because I read the plot summary whilst listening to ABBA. <laughs> oh. And apparently it says here that Passion of the Christ's plot got stolen from Mamma Mia. Um, <laughs> Why? Um, I'm reading the storyline for Mamma Mia. Set on a colorful Greek island, the plot serves as a background for a wealth of ABBA songs. A young woman about to be married discovers that any one of three men could be her father. She invites all three to the wedding without telling her mother, who was once the lead singer of Donna and the Dynamos. In the meantime, Donna has invited her backup singers. And it says here, uh, above the, the um, Mamma Mia plot, uh, when your girl gets pregnant from the Lord, but when your child is born, three dudes that you've never seen show up with gifts for the baby. <laughs> okay. uh, this... Wow. I, I had no idea what that was supposed to mean. Um, like, so, like, uh, the th they're the three wise men. Uh, they're supposed to represent mm. the three wise men, I guess. Mm. Um, that... Like, that reminds me of something I mentioned, like, several episodes ago. It was, like, a nativity pageant themed around the Beach Boys. Like, it was in, like, England, I think. And, um, the three wise men were, um, represented as the Wilson brothers, who sang fun, 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 and good vibrations for the baby Jesus. Hmm. And uh, now I'm just thinking of, like, I don't remember where this was, but there was, like, an Easter pageant where it was, like, the... Where it was, like, the, um... The, the Easter Bunny getting whipped, like, Jesus. And, like, everybody... And, like, all the kids were traumatized. Like, it was supposed to be... Demonstrate how, like, Easter isn't about, like, the Easter Bunny. It's about Jesus. And that's kind of freaked. Thank you for that mental image. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I feel like the whipping of the Easter Bunny sounds like something that would come out of like a a John Waters comedy. Hmm. Uh, one of them. One of those oddball comedy. Uh, yeah. And now I'm looking at the IMDB page of The Passion of the Christ because I have nothing better to do. Mm. I wonder if it uh, mentions anything about Mel Gibson's raging anti-Semitism. Oh, there's a bunch of says, stories. The older he gets, he will not let up because he's a piece of shit. Oh, that... There's a story about... um. I have a bunch of stories. I have a bathroom reader with a bunch of stories about how, like, about the Passion of the Christ and, like, the stories that showed up in the wake of its release. Um, several of these are um, people who um, people who confessed to crimes because they saw um, the movie and, like, and it made them realize they had to show their hands and like they they had to confess their sin and in order to be redeemed hmm. and here's a a couple in Georgia who'd been married for ten years they left in left a theater and they were discussing whether the father in in the movie was symbolic or human and then the and then when they got home they it turned into an argument and then a fist fight. 
And when the police arrived, the woman had bruises on her face and her husband had a stab wound from scissors. And then they were both arrested. Wow. Hmm. I'm looking at the trivia page on IMDb for The Passion of the Christ and there are six spoiler items. Imagine spoiling Jesus Christ's crucifixion. Oh, and, like, there was a 19-year-old in uh, Evansville, Indiana, who wore a red devil costume um, at the movie, and then all the, uh, and then angry audience members, uh, most of them were from local church organizations, they threw food at him, and, like, the theater manager asked him to leave, and, like, the guy was like, if God really existed, he would have struck me down for dressing as the devil. And, uh, there's also another person who, like, showed excerpts from the movie to, which is, uh, very R-rated and very violent to sixth grade kids. And... What? Yep. It was, like, a guy in Washington, D.C. who, um... Like, at, children have to have permission to see an R-rated film, but nobody was notified, not even the principal. And then the oh and then the um, teacher got suspended, and he was supposed to be showing it as a lesson in morality, but uh, it was a pirated copy. Huh. The irony of it all. Yeah. Now that's real irony. Just replace... Just replace, wait, just re replace the Passion of the Christ with Mamma Mia. <laughs> what would happen to the teacher then? Oh, or, um... Would he, would he get the exact same treatment if it was not the Passion of the Christ? Um... You really have to ask yourself that. It, like, it had to be, like, a very R-rated, violent movie. Or, like, it could even be, um... It would be something like, some, some like, just kind of weird thing, like, uh, I don't know, Step Brothers, maybe? <laughs> I mean, just show, show them Will Ferrell teabagging John C. Riley's drum set. How about planes, trains, and automobiles? That's rated PG. And it has, like, all those F-bombs! And yet it... Oh wait, it's not PG. It's it's R because of that one scene. <laughs> I I remember If they didn't have that scene, it would be PG. Well, but like John Hughes was like, nah uh Ah, that's like um Ah, uh, that makes me think of um uh, uh, I got all those movies that have like um have like a scene to bump it up to like R when it like I'm thinking of yeah. uh the the movie Nomadland has a scene of Francis McDormand bathing nude in a river and like there's nothing like really obscene in that movie other than Francis McDormand naked in a river. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um I wonder what if there was a scene like that in, in Mamma Mia like <laughs> It was like this was just a completely normal like chick flick, but all of a sudden Meryl Streep loses it and says the f bomb at least twenty times. 
I thought you were gonna say she goes in. She she skinny dips in the. Is she skinny dips in the water? And then she skinny dips in the river. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 then Pierce Brosnan and joins her and sings. That would have at least given it an NC seventeen. Anyway, uh, one more. One more thing. Wait. One more thing. Um. Uh, it's come. Something's coming up here. It should be coming up soon, as if the frame rate, uh, like ever, like increases. On your end. On my end, yeah. There's a lot of movement uh, in in this part of the scene, so it makes sense why it's like two frames a second. Uh, crowd song, good old crowd songs. Like... Flash mob. Wait. Fun fact, uh, that that guy on the piano in the boat, that is ABBA member Benny Anderson. Ah, good. That's cool. Uh, I've never actually experienced a flash mob. I've never been caught in the middle of a flash mob, but um, one time I was I don't auditioning... think they exist. Yeah, they... We we've had a couple like during the height of their popularity. Like, I, I never actually watched one, but watched one happen. But like, I I was auditioning for something uh, at this uh, at this concert hall, and like in the lobby, some people were dancing to uh, some people were rehearsing a dance to the song "Crab Bucket" by Chaos. Actually, it's pronounced chaos. It's spelled K-O-S. And, um, I realized, and, like, and then I heard, then later, uh, in, later on, I heard there was, like, a flat, there there was, on the radio, there was going to be a flash mob for, like, a a local jazz festival. And, Mm. um, so, um. I I didn't know this scene, this movie. We had a scene of Amanda Stryfried skinny deeping in the river with Pierce Brosnan joining her. <laughs> yeah, and then, then I, anyway, I realized that that was what I was witnessing in the lobby that that day. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. No, no sing! Don't. No, I don't think that's Pierce. It's not him singing. Uh, I I didn't know what Pierce Rosen looked like. Uh, speaking of Pierce Rosen, uh, there was a scene. Um, he was on Muppets Night. Uh, one time. Did he and, sing? Um, I don't. I don't remember. I'm I'm looking it up now. Um. <sighs> I don't think he sang. Thank God. But he did do a fire-eating trick at the end of the episode. And, uh... Maybe that's why his voice sounds so bad. The fire damaged his vocal cords. Um, because it's from an interview with him. Uh, the former James Bond studied the circus art at theater school in his youth just because he thought the class would help him meet attractive women. And he was thrilled when TV bosses suggested he show off his party trick during one of the Muppets' final TV variety shows. He says... I did the Muppets after I did the first James Bond movie, and they said, we'd like you to be on the show. Do you sing or dance? And I said, no, but I used to do a fire-eating act, so we incorporated in- this into the show. I blew fire. The rehearsal went well, but then a prop master suggested he try the scene again with a different fuel, and Brosnan was left with a scorched mouth. The actor recalls, I did 
the tank, but it was like rocket fuel and it came right back into my mouth. It's on YouTube, I think, and you see this blue flame and it just goes right back into my mouth. Hmm. Anyway, this is a nice scene of Sophie hanging out with her three gay dads. Except for this one part where Pierce Brosnan sings. This sucks. Mm. Oh, yeah. That, that episode of Muppets Tonight also had, like, something called the Dancing Grandmas. Clifford reluctantly agreed to let them on stage. That was literally just the Dancing Queen number we just saw. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, like, he, like, he, they were reluctant guys, to let have Riley him. speak. Let Romy speak. Okay, so hear me out. Hear me out. Anytime Pierce Brosnan sings, is replaced with him eating fire. <laughs> that was. It's okay. just him doing his fire breathing act. Yeah. It's just in a, in a vain attempt to reclaim Donna's heart. <laughs> just like at the wedding, fire eating. <laughs> 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 yeah, that would. I want to see. That. I want to jump into that alternate universe. That's amazing. And then, and also, like, I just want to see the alternate universe where John C. Riley was in Pierce Brosnan's role. So do I, kid. So do I. Yeah. Even though you're like eight years my age, I'm calling you kid. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm because I'm kind of a kid. I'm mm. I'm very cute. Mhm. Mm We're all kids at heart. Yeah. yeah. We we all like stuff. We we all like uh perceived kids media, and because yeah. like perceived kids media actually tends to strike a chord with adults when done correctly. Because, like, mm -hmm. animation as a whole was intended to be for everyone. Like, if you look at, like, um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was the first full-length animated movie ever made in North America. Mm -hmm. Let's also um, not forget Fantasia, which is, like, it was created to... Act, it was actually created as a means to put animation uh, among the annals of high art. Wow, because like, and it was the same thing with Jim Henson and puppetry. Uh, something, um, something that could be considered kitschy fun could be taken seriously as an as an art form. And oh yeah, like my, I think Labyrinth's a perfect example. My favorite Muppet used in that one was David Bowie's crotch. <laughs> I hear that this musical number right here is infamous. Yes, it is. Especially for the size of Dominic Cooper's tits. Yeah, Scott packs. Kind of makes me uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, Andrew, you were gonna mention like a letterbox. There was like a letterbox review, I think, of Mamma Mia. You mentioned it to me, Andrew, and like it was like, what if like she didn't have a father and Meryl Streep's uterus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, yeah, uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta search this up. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I, I love this one. Um, 
Da, 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 da. Sophie probably doesn't even have a dad. What if Meryl Streep's uterus just did that? <laughs> what other notable letterbox reviews are there? Virgin Meryl. <laughs> I'm so <Yo>. sorry! <laughs> <laughs> Who says white people have no culture? <laughs> this is white people culture right here, guys. This is your culture. Ah, this... Look at this. This is your culture. <laughs> oh yeah, this I saw is what you created. <laughs> I saw what a TikTok. The hell is um, this? Yeah, I saw a TikTok where like of like a a local production of Mamma Mia where like where, where they did that scene like where just people just went out and flip flops and no uh, flippers. I mean, I, I'm my vocabulary is going flipper like, floppers. Yeah. We did this exact same thing, and I literally, like, did- I actually, like, helped change, like, one of the, um, actually changed, like, the person's flippers. <laughs> I was, like, one of the people who did that. Oh my god. I just found this- this- I love this one. Pierce Brosnan should never go into baseball, because he can't find a pitch for his life. <laughs> Therapy is nice, but Mamma Mia is a lot faster and cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that makes sense. It's just kind of like one of those like guilty pleasure, just like feel good movies. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, this this is a this five star review just says I am all the boys that want to fuck Christine Baranski. <laughs> there there are like. Mamma Mia has a 3.7 on Letterboxd and 92,000 five-star ratings on Letterboxd. <laughs> That's too much if he asked me. Um, I think Stan Twitter had just did like a raid on Letterboxd because there's no human way someone could have genuinely rated this a, a five, in my opinion. Ah, it's the Wub Girls, um, which um, Riley said in the Rock of Ages episode, like, the Wub Girls from Wow Wow Wubsie were Riley's done on the Dynamos. Yes, they were. I had they a t-shirt with them on it when I was, like, five. Oh. Man, I I love Wow Wow Wubsie, but I kind of lost interest when season two came around and they introduced a whole new character for whatever reason. I remember hearing that uh, Beyonce was on it at one point. I think she was one of the was, dynamos. Yeah. <laughs> and now I have the men this weird mental image of Beyonce singing ABBA songs. Beyonce Super Trooper cover way. <laughs> wow, wow, Webzy is just gonna do their a ABBA cover episode. Next yes, year, they're I gonna they're gonna drop it, you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, someone gave this a three out of five and said, "Tempted to go higher, but afraid I'm gonna get punched in the face if I give it a higher score than the witch." <laughs> like hmm. into the woods? No, like the witch. Like the witch, as uh, Nick has called it. It, it, the Vivitch is uh, Robert Eggers' uh, first movie, and uh, it stars Anya Taylor Joy, and like it, it's like really pagan. 
Hmm. Also, Robert Eggers is apparently going to be directing a remake of Nosferatu. Hmm. With also uh, this one, this this review says could have been four stars if James Bond never sang, <laughs> and the rating is four and a half stars. Oh. <laughs> okay, I really love this. Song. I really like Super Trooper. This is such a good song. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's like one of those songs that just always gets stuck in my head. Like when I was in school, like in class when I was doing Mamma Mia, there would like every single day there would just be a different song from Mamma Mia stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out. You know, for real, for real. Like I was in I was in college like two weeks ago. I could not get Fernando out of my head for the life of me. Mm. It was like the most common was Super Trooper and uh, Thank You for the Music. Um, mm. Not an ABBA song, but for some reason I keep getting the song Kissing You by Desiree from the Romeo and Juliet movie. Uh, I It keeps getting like looping in my head. Oh, you mean Romeo plus Juliet? Yes. Um, it was like, which is weird because it's like a ballad. If I'm being honest, I don't really like that Romeo plus Juliet movie because I get it's like the. They're trying to tell Romeo and Juliet story, which of course is going to have the Shakespeare dialogue, but my problem is they said it in late 90s Los Angeles and the, the dialogue does not match with the setting at all. Hmm. Understandable. Um, speaking of Romeo and Juliet, uh, the the Olivia Hussey version um, is um, gonna be um, it's gonna be in a Criterion collection in February. The one from nineteen sixty eight or something. Yes, that one. I think I remember seeing that in school. Yeah, I did watch it in school, but I didn't like never finished it. Maybe if I maybe if I end up getting it, I could finally finish it or if i got the criterion channel or like it was on there Did I hear about oh sorry you you go oh no actually i'm done like go on riley okay. did you guys hear about taylor watner and taylor dome's wedding this is gonna be a pun isn't it no they actually married and now oh. they're mr and mrs taylor watner wow as in Taylor Lautner from Twilight. Yeah. And uh, Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Yep. Well, that, that is one of the greatest movies of all time. It has Sharkboy one of the worst... And honestly, honestly, it has one of the worst special effects. But we can... We can let it slide. Because it's just such an original and imaginative thing. Mm. He... Robert Rodriguez, he wanted to make it for his child, and that's what he did. Like it, it was actually co-written by his son, I think. Mm. Yeah, and so he. Like, just... He was the one who came up with Shark Boy and Lava Girl. You really think that Robert Rodriguez smoked a joint and said Shark Boy and Lava Girl? No, it was his son. Hmm. Uh, speaking of movies about dreamlands, I was I've I've mentioned this before to you guys, but I'm. I'm thinking of um, like making a movie that just kind of goes like the everything everywhere all at once route, but instead of being about multiverses, it's like in the future and it's set in like um, and it's about like dreams, like just navigating dream worlds, hmm. and like it's just it's about like 
and it just kind of just runs with the whole dreams that don't make sense um, thing and, just, and lucid dreaming and I love how Shark Boy and Love Girl is the second most popular film on Letterboxd that George Lopez is in. Wow, what's the uh, highest rated? Well, the most popular. Uh, I mean, what's I mean, what's the what is the most popular? Rio. Wow. No way. And the highest rated is I'm looking for the highest rated. Uh, it's a 2002 movie called Real Women Have Curves. Ah! That's the one That's one of the ones in the National Film Registry. Hmm. And it stars America Ferreira. Aside from that, uh, George Lopez isn't really known for his uh, key film really good film roles uh, <laughs> aside from shark boy and lava girl oh by the way john uh, john c Riley's most uh, popular movie on letterboxd is guardians of the galaxy and his um highest and his uh, highest rated one is boogie nights yeah that, that tracks hmm. wait john c Riley was in guardians of the galaxy yeah he was yeah. like corpsman day what? he was like the he was like um he, he was one of the supporting characters. He didn't really have that big of a role. Yeah, you remember, you've seen the video. Um, yeah, yeah, like it's a video. Like if you seen the scene where they're all getting like their mug shots and like um, and Chris Pratt flips the people off. Uh, just John C. Raleigh in that scene. Oh my gosh. Let's look at Pierce Brosnan's most popular movie. And the most popular movie is this one, Mamma Mia. Of course. <laughs> and the highest rated movie he's done is uh, The Long Good Friday from 1980. Whoa, that, he was in that movie? Apparently. And and then there's uh, Mamma Mia, um, Oceans, which is like a documentary based off the Blue Planet uh, show. Uh, the World's End by Edgar Wright. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. The Long Good... F no. Let's see. Mama Mia, Here We Go Again. And then Golden Eye. The highest rated James Bond movie he was in at three and a half out of five. Yeah. That checks out. Yeah. You know, Kate was kind of right. This movie does... This song does kind of sound like hunting someone down and killing them. Mm. Oh! That's the only time you'll ever hear me say Kate was right about anything. Yeah. Because if you've listened to any of our episodes on the Yes album by Yes, Face to Face by the Kings, or... I deleted one part in Talking Heads' Fear of Music episode where he said he gave it a five, but he was wrong there. He's all, he has very wrong opinions about music. He legitimately thinks that uh, Pokemon Live is good. He is the Chris Gow of this podcast, and nothing can convince me otherwise. Well, Chris Gow is entertaining. And Kate is just kind of... Um... 
obnoxious? Yes. That's probably the nicest word I could think of. Anyway, in this scene, all three guys find out why they're here and pledge to be by Sophie's side for the marriage. Mm. If you couldn't tell, she's pretty overwhelmed by all of this. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get that scene from Lay All Your Love on Me out of my guys are just strutting down the dock for no reason. Yeah. They look like the gayest straight people ever. Yeah, this movie looks like this movie is a fever dream. Also, um, I'm just want to weirdly just want to point this out, but John C. Raleigh's second most popular movie on Letterboxd is Licorice Pizza, and he just had like he was in it for ten seconds. Yeah, <laughs> I find that amusing. It amused me. <laughs> Um, let's see what his third most popular uh, movie is. It would be, that would be uh, ba -ba 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 -ba, The Lobster, hmm. a film he actually has a role in. Hmm. And then we have... Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Wreck-It Ralph, um, We Need to Talk About Kevin, Kong Skull Island, Gangs of New York, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, oh my god, Julie Walter's about to die. No, no! Oh! And she's drowned. Yeah, she's she's dead. I, she's floating. Oh, they're, they're finally going to have the sex scene. Nice. Hmm. Um, I'm, I, I've been hearing good things about uh, Conda Forever, so uh, you might want to check that out. Hmm. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm. I rarely say this uh, because it makes me sound like a pervert, but the the tension between Stellan Skarsgård and Colin Firth is just too much. I need them to touch each other. It's too much. Um. Oh. Um. Also, do yourself a favor and look up Ice Snort's uh, Snow Miser videos, which are very creative, and, like, a lot of them involve the green M&M. I mean, well, it's Christmas already. It is Christmas season right now. It's November, which is, like, Christmas season by any other word. As we all know, Christmas starts at the stroke of midnight On of Halloween. Yep. And, and it will only end... No, it never ends. Um, it ends when it ends when I tell it to. And that's why I'll never let you tell it. Ha! Christmas will last forever. Uh, uh. Now I'm just thinking about Elmo saves Christmas, where Elmo finds a snow globe and wishes it was Christmas every day. And like, what sets it apart is that like it instead of um, Christmas um. Like, instead of, like, having Christmas loop, uh, having December 25th loop over and over, like, like, every day is literally Christmas. Like, Christmas continues, like, into the summer, and, like, a year later, um, like, the, this, everything's boarded up because, like, um, 
Has Elmo just kind of single-handedly destroyed the economy by uh, wishing his Christmas? <laughs> I was day. literally just thinking, Elmo destroys the economy. It snows every single day, and like a majority of the United States dies from hypothermia. There is no more Sesame Street. It's buried in the snow. Uh, actually, um, like actually, like it, like the seasons go on, um, as normal, even though it's still Christmas. Hmm. Um, like, I don't know where to watch uh, Elmo's Day's Christmas. It's probably like for rent someplace. I'm just have this wonderful idea in my head that it's like a an integral plot point in a Sesame Street movie that Elmo collapses the United States economy. <laughs> Microsoft and Apple TV, like for like range, the price range from one ninety nine to three ninety nine. <laughs> you see, that's right. not gonna destroy the economy. Four dollars. What? What is that? Four dollars. That's nothing. That's how much your life is worth if you're a salmon. Four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I love you guys so much. I love you guys too. <laughs> You're supposed to oh be my, my new, god! Um, no! My new event. Wait! wait, wait oh my okay. god! It's coming. Okay. Um, event ideas. Player one accidentally destroys the United States economy. It's just a regular occurrence. It happens every day. <laughs> I'm a bit afraid of what's going to happen next because sooner or later someone is going to open their mouth and I'm not going to like what's going to come out. Oh. <laughs> I'll just know I, when he I starts might singing. I might have to leave for a few minutes, guys. Okay. Just a couple minutes. Um, I'm just gonna, um... Okay, in the meantime, I'm gonna try and share, like, some stupid memes with Riley. Alright. Have you seen the video about AI-generated memes? Please let me know when he starts singing. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we look like we're in the queer now. He's just talking. If it continues this trend, we should be good. Maybe um, he can use. Maybe Meryl Streep can use the glue gun to close his mouth shut. <laughs> is anyone keeping count of how many times we've slandered Pierce Brosnan? In a um. Uh, sorry, I, I lost know. count. Sorry. Me neither. It has to I be at least. Count. Oh my god, he's doing it! No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at Meryl Streep. She has. He, she thinks he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, oh, I'm gonna read you some uh, AI-generated memes. Okay. Um. Um. It's like a um. 
Uh, it's like the, um, the, the fry, uh, not sure if thing. Not sure if this is a project or a little bit of beautiful pickles. <laughs> and there's another one that says, that moment when you realize that your mom is a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still just thinking about what I said earlier. Like, the next time you think of or think of buying a Tickle Me Elmo, just remember you might be destroying the U.S. economy by doing so. <laughs> First it's Gonzo committing tax fraud, now it's Elmo destroying the economy. <laughs> and I'm He's been doing it since at least, like, wait, when was the first Tickle Me Elmo 1996. Uh, he has been destroying the U.S. economy since 1996. Yeah, that was um, yeah, that was an interesting. I He's mean, not singing, guys. Um, I I'm gonna read you another one. It's like the dancing African kid meme, and it says, "When you see a baby in the store, and the teacher says there's a boy." Guys, he's singing again. No, like, okay, let's just distract ourselves. Um. <laughs> Um, Honestly, I feel like listening to Pierce Brosnan sing is a, a good method of torturing myself. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's also one with the most interesting man in the world that says, I don't always say the N-word, but when I do, I don't. <laughs> All right, Christine Baranski, please put those grippers away. This is a family film. Hmm. Tarantino directed. Um, I should also point out that Christine Bransky was in uh, the Chicago movie, which uh, was also done in conjunction with the musical that Riley was in, and a Rock of Ages episode about the soundtrack of the movie. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't like this part because it has absolutely nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> it was added solely just... just so we can do Does Your Mother Know in the in yeah. the movie. Also because Tanya is just an icon. Anyway, those two should end up together. I feel like he the he and the MILF would be pretty pretty good together. They have good chemistry. They probably have more chemistry than the, the MILF and Colin Firth. <laughs> Fun fact, and when Nostalgia Critic reviewed Mamma Mia, this scene was his breaking point to where he finally uh, accepted that Moulin Rouge incorporated its songs better than this. <laughs> Anyways, Romeo, what are you going to say? Um, I don't know. I, I just want to talk about... I know. I just feel feel like talking about those like those challenges that restaurants have, where you can eat a gargantuan amount of food in like thirty minutes or something. And there's a place in Walnut Creek that has. Was Christine Baranski just giving him a job? <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway, um, there's a place in Walnut Creek that has like the kitchen sink Sunday, and the challenge is eat it in under thirty minutes. It's like. Eight scoops of ice cream, toppings, cherries, almonds, the like. And, like, the record for eating it at one, 
Like, I think the, the record for finishing it is 16 minutes. Hmm. And if you and if you complete it, you win ice cream for a year. You win free ice cream for a year. I will do it. I will win that free ice cream for a year. I just have to work on like in, in increasing the size of my stomach by at least three times. Yeah. Anyway, this the name of the song is "Does Your Mother Know." Whose mother are we talking about? Your mom. <laughs> that moment when you real like it's the song about the crushing realization you have when your mom is a girl. <laughs> Riley, you can't see know? it, right? Riley, you can't see me right now, but I'm air punching you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And <laughs> uh, now I'm thinking of um the I'm thinking of like. Disney, like... Oh my god, Christine Baranski just gave everyone the plague. One of the Disney um, cruise ships has, like, a Wreck-It Ralph-themed sweets shop, and, like, one of their specials is, like, um... is, like, uh, a, like a ice cream in, a, like, a, a replica of the Vanellope cart. Um, I'm gonna show you a picture. Yeah. Um, I, I was reminded of that upon seeing... The San Francisco Kitchen Sink Sunday. Pretty interesting. Okay. Um, and uh, I just shared a picture with you. It's pretty interesting. I'm looking at the picture now. Yeah. And, and you can actually take the... You can actually keep the... Um, keep that little Sunday thing. That, that's pretty cool. I... I I wish the cart was oh, I, I I wish the cart was edible. It looks edible. <laughs> yeah. It should be edible. I, I I don't think it even has moving wheels, which would be ideal for like if you had like a Vanellope um crochet figure and mm. vanilla like I would I wanna I wanna see wait, actually I wanna see if people have made uh Wreck It Ralph and Grimmy. So, uh, Sophie tells her fiancé about inviting all these random guys to her wedding because they might be her father. And for some reason, he's upset with this. Like, how dare you invite people to our big wedding? Um, there actually are some... People have actually made some, uh, Rick and Ralph crochet figures. Um, and a lot of them look pretty cute. Not gonna lie. Right. Cool. It sure is, Mamma Mia. Yeah, this I I I enjoyed the part when they said it's Mamma Mia in time, and then they Mamma Mia everybody. Truly, the movie of all time. Truly. I'm gonna frickin' I'm gonna look up more Mamma Mia reviews on Letterboxd. <laughs> um, to quote 50 Cent, it's entertainment for gay men and bitches. Hmm. My favorite movie genre is gay Colin Firth. Hmm. Um, 
We as gay people get to choose our source of serotonin. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> no cops at Pride, just Donna in the Dynamos. Uh, it reminds me of a like no cops at Pride, just Sam Puckett and her butter sock. <laughs> Only real OGs remember Sam Puckett's butter sock. I guess I'm not a real OG then. Please enlighten me. Um, it, it was like iCarly. Uh, there was a running gag about her. Um, she how she got a butter sock and beat people with it. And considering it was a Dan Schneider show, of course it had to be a sock. Yeah, and I like I <laughs> skipping every scene that Pierce sings in is self care. Okay, but um, between does your mother know and like the so between this scene and like the scene with like uh Sophie and like Sky arguing, Sam sings "Knowing Me, Knowing You" in the actual musical. Ah, I... again, the song's about divorce. Yeah, I like there was an actual pro there was a production in my area some years ago where they got like. The original actress of Sophie on Broadway to play Donna in this new version, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and like, and long time ago we had a production of Hairspray where like one of the bit players from um, one of the one of the like one of the like old the the minor characters from the movie got to play seaweed in. And like, they were they were interviewing him, and um, he said um, he rented the original uh, John Waters movie so much that um, they just gave it to him, which mm. is apparently a common occurrence, like with other movies. And then like, he was in Toronto. Um, they made the remake in Toronto, and like he jumped at the chance to be in the movie. So he ended up playing this character named Stewie. <laughs> oh my god. This movie is so white. <laughs> this is where you say, how white was it? How white was it? It's so white, it makes Dune look diverse. <laughs> the original 1980s Dune. Yeah. <laughs> The, that white people are doing manual labor. That minorities sing chorus when needed and then just go away. That Stellan Skarsgård is the soulful character. That people complain about the subpar hotel they own on a beautiful island. That it has no blood relation to Thomas Jefferson. That it actually decides nominations for the Oscars. That it still embraces second wave feminism that the only speaking character of color is a sex-obsessed chaser of white women, and that ABBA is the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, just, just like, um, so, um, so, um, uh, God, I forgot, um, which reminds me, ah, uh, God, I forgot. Okay. Um, I'm, s let's see here, um, Every low rating of this movie is really offensive to me, actually. What is y'all's issue? Like, this movie is cinema. To each their 
own, I guess. But yeah, I love this movie. Already, already excited for my next rewatch. Hmm. <laughs> Maori, the ABBA musical. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, to be fair, ABBA just in general just gets all the way people turned. <laughs> This five-star rating says, I think it's really nice how the entire cast sang horribly, creating a beautiful, strong sense of solidarity. Hmm. So, if we ever go on a Disney cruise, we should um, check out uh, Vanellope's Sweets and Treats. Which we is should. On... Yeah. What if we kissed in Vanellope's Sweets and Treats, and then the Criterion Closet? Hmm. <laughs> This this review says, Me, I don't need a man, lol. Dominic Cooper, the lyrics to lay all your love on me. Mm. Mm. Mamma Mia is a Christmas movie. Why? They they don't elaborate. They just it just says Mamma Mia is a Christmas movie. Uh by that <laughs> by that logic, the Muppet movie is also a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Closet Monster is a Christmas movie because I said so. Wreck-It Ralph is a Christmas movie because candy and uh, family, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know. But see, by, um... like, it, that rates the same energy as people who say like certain movies are Christmas movies because they have one scene um, set at Christmas, like uh, Step Brothers, for Toy example. Toy Story. Toy Story Toy is a Christmas <laughs> movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, but. Mm. <laughs> what? I'm, I'm putting up like everything into the Hunger Games sim. Like I'm adding all the new events, and I'm, I'm creating a new cast. Wow. All right. Uh, I I should really do another. It sounds exciting. Yeah, I should really do another sim someday. Yeah, I I do more sims except it takes so long to set those stinkers up. It it's it's time consuming and I don't have all the time in the world, you know. Makes sense. I feel like doing a more um professional um, edit. I feel like doing it more professional like. Uh, editing more professional, like, um, that, uh, cursed AI generated memes video, like, just cut out all the unnecessary bullshit, put some music, and, um, have some, make it, just make it more, like, accessible. Uh, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking when I do another sim, I should have, I should bring back the Thanksgiving, uh, district from my first sim. Yeah. We are close to Thanksgiving anyway. Yeah, bring back the robot turkey, um, Willard Scott and Katie Couric, who like are, in my opinion, the hosts of the Macy's Parade. Nobody else could come close. They just a few people could come close, but just not as close. Yeah, like they they had so much chemistry. And. Like, uh, just like, if you look up, um, 
It just probably like between 1991 and 1997. I, all of those are on YouTube if you want to check them out. And uh, mm. I, right. I should also bring back the Macy's NFT just to see how far it goes. Uh, Willard Scott is turning in his grave right now. <laughs> Like a jet engine. <laughs> he's gonna—he's trying escaping so he can beat the shit out of the person who thought of that. Yes, and I'm like I'm—I would um I mean it. One could say it had a good cause because um the because like it it benefited Make a Wish, but still and putting up. Putting like yeah, hundred thousand yeah, like, NFTs you, into the wild, like uh, like, like yeah, that you can like, screenshot. You say wait, like what you could, one would say, it did have a benefit, but I'm not going to say it, and I never will because it's NFTs. <laughs> Just cut down all the trees to support sick kids, and uh, they what would the Lorax say? Yeah. What was what was that thing that Riley said like a year ago when we did like twenty one twelve? Like, I am the Lorax. Uh, I speak for the trees. Say that again, or break your goddamn knees. Yep. Ah, uh, and since we're close to Christmas, um, that reminds me of a Tumblr post that that said the most annoying part of the holidays is that like it are those are those commercials that like try to emulate Twas the Night Before Christmas. Um, have like a dinky music box mm -hmm. playing or something while the narrator tells you in rhyme to buy a Ford, and it's like, and wow, somebody replies, "This was the night before Christmas, and I swear to the Lord, I will break your goddamn ankles if you don't buy this Ford." Wow! Look at this epic music playing, and look at those wonderful dance moves to this epic music. You can really sh see how epic this music is by how they're dancing. Ha! Huh, there are also there's going to be um also during the Macy's parade um there's going to be some stuff from like the Fraggle Rock cast like they're going to be like just are they going to play Baby Blue? No. Um. <laughs> I, I like I, I like I think before recording um we were saying we were talking about how like. A video Andrew made of Dog with a blog, um, uh, and uh, and like he made a video of Dog with a blog, the ending, and he just ended put Baby Blue over it, which was the last song played in Breaking Bad. And um, I for mentioned context uh, for context. Um, the video. The, uh, well, I had to give the context of the video first. So it was like Stan crawling through the vents of his own house and then he sees like his family with a cat and then he climbs out the vent and falls onto the floor and probably breaks his face and then baby blue starts playing yeah and uh, i mentioned like it would be interesting if like I, I wanted to make a fraggle rock video where the show ended with uh that song mm-hmm And now we're at the uh, part of the the wedding, so now I have to bring back the uh, trivia for "Knowing Me, Knowing You" was used as the instrumental for this scene, 
And it's about a divorce. Yeah. That mm. raised the same energy as uh, Staples using the sign to promote their um, stuff. Um, throughout, like, sign printing. And it's actually a very bitter, sad breakup song, even though it's like, you know, it's just mm. jaunty and upbeat, the 90s pop. Fun fact, the sign is also by a Swedish pop band. Yeah. Ace of Bass. In December 2008, Mamma Mia became the highest grossing movie of all time in the UK, smashing the previous record set by Titanic. <laughs> Unfortunately, Avatar beat that record, so... Frick Avatar. Yeah, and and Avatar was probably beaten by uh, itself was probably beaten by like Avengers Endgame or something. Hmm. Uh, what yeah. like what is the current highest grossing movie in the UK right now? I this is a good thing to look up because I have a laptop. Uh, da, 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 highest grossing movie in the British land. It's Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Wow. I guess Avengers wasn't as popular. Oh man, Mamma Mia is at number sixteen now. <laughs> wow, there's like there is so much. How the really, mighty have fallen. There is so much, um, like stuff. Like, there, like there's so much billion-dollar stuff coming out now. Like, no kidding. If Titanic came out today, it'd have to fend off competition from Black Panther and Top Gun and Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. The, uh, the, the fifth or second most popular, most highest grossing films in the UK right now are uh, Spectre, Spider-Man No Way Home, No Time to Die, and Skyfall. Hmm. Mm. So yeah, the, those British people do like their James Bond. Yeah, they do. Uh, they do like. Maybe they like James Bond too much. They cast a James Bond in a non a non singer in a singing role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as I said, it should have been John J C Ronathan. Come on, Johnny boy. Where is the Whereas, like, the, um, yeah, I, I really wish I could travel to alternate universes and, like, maybe there could be one where Jerry Nelson is still alive and we engage in, an, on a, like, a day of adventures together. Alright, so, in this scene, uh, the priest asks, uh, Sophie, which one is her father? And then all three stand up. And I'm going to read this from the IMDb trivia page. While the movie heavily implies but never explicitly reveals who Sophie's real father is, there is a semi-official answer. According to both screenwriter Catherine Johnson and director... Felita uh, Lloyd? Felita Lloyd. Sophie's real father is the Stellan Skarsgård character, who is a Swede. Uh, he was originally Australian in the original stage production, but in this movie is a Swede... Played by Skarsgård, meaning Sophie has her roots in Sweden, just like Abba. Hmm. Lore. Part of the. Yeah. It's all part of the lore. 
Okay, guys. James Bond has a really big speech. Let's see if it if it means something. I'm gonna put the the the, the trivia of Stellan Skarsgård being the father in the Rock of Ages server, so I can prove Cade wrong. <laughs> because he really made a real big stink about Pierce Brosnan being the real father. Put in the lore, like it's all the lore. Oh my God, he's singing again! No, Dick, stop! <laughs> uh, of course, Riley. We should make a super cut of all the times we had booze. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There'd be a lot. Mm. Like, there was a short at the 48-hour horror film challenge called uh, Comedy Ghoul Gang, which was just, like, this lady, th these two people in sheets. One of them was, um, the, one of them was, like, one of them was just telling terrible jokes while, um, this, while the other played guitar. Hmm. Anyway, the song that they that uh, that uh, Pierce was allegedly singing, I and I put emphasis on allegedly because I don't know if that was singing or not, was "I do, I do, I do, I do, I do," which for some reason was not in the soundtrack along with Chikatira, although they could have easily been in the soundtrack. I don't know why they weren't. It's weird. They also did Waterloo, but it wasn't included on the soundtrack. Like, you can't just not include Waterloo. That's like a that's like a barn burner. Yeah, it's one of the all-time great songs. I mean, and it was a song that put them in the national prominence. Like, um, they won. Um, like, it was a song that won them the Eurovision. Yeah, I I, I honestly found it a bit weird that like. Abba was a contestant in Eurovision. Yeah, and you want to know who else was a contestant? Celine Dion. And she won by a single point. Like, she was representing Switzerland, even though she is Canadian. And, like... Or her parents' Swiss. No, I, I think she just, um... Like, like, I think they had, she, like, at least... She faked her passport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you don't have to be from, like, a country to, um, be, um, you have to be from a certain country to represent them. Like, um, I was just thinking Olivia Newton-John uh, represented the UK in the same year that ABBA was there. Hmm. Well, um... Look out in a few years from now when I'm in the Eurovision Song Contest and I represent Croatia. <laughs> because I can. Mm, I, like, it'd be so cool if I ended up representing Ireland for no reason. Yeah. Riley, you should represent uh, Slovakia because you can. Uh, Slovakia hasn't been in Eurovision in several years. Hungary. That that 
checks out. We can be any country we want, as long as we believe it. Yes. In the, in the word, in the wise words of George Costanza, it's not a lie if you believe in it. When you wish upon a star, your dreams will come true. Oh my God! If my dreams will come true, does that mean Meryl Streep will become my wife? <laughs> the, it's about as likely as John C. Raleigh being my dad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm having a lot of fun this episode. Yeah. This. Yeah. This is just a fun movie in general. Has anyone seen the like? The theory that the entire cast of Mamma Mia was drunk when they filmed this. I believe it. Oh, I, I would, like, it, like this is kind of weird. Mm. I remember. Uh, like, wait, I, I want to go back to that George Costanza quote. Um, another quote from our favorite lawyer Saul Goodman: "If you're committed enough, you can make any story work." I once told a woman I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Hmm. Maybe if I tell somebody I'm Tony Hawk, somebody will believe it. If I believe in it hard enough. Because have you seen all those stories about Tony Hawk not getting recognized? And the one time he did, it was because he had a mask on. It, it was when he had a mask on. And like, wow. um, like even when he was on the Mask Singer, and he was like, um, like no, he, and they were. And they, they were like, skateboard? Who is, could this be? And It's obviously Zeke from Zeke and Luther. <laughs> Does anyone remember that show? Because I barely do. I remember it. I don't, don't remember what watching it. Uh, Zeke and Luther. No clue what that is. It's a Disney XD show. Yep, no clue. Yeah, I remember when it was I airing. I as much. Yeah, I remember. I also remember I'm in the band, which was about a kid, about a teenager who played with like this band named Iron Weasel. Fun, fun fact, the guy who uh, created I'm in the band, Michael B. Kaplan, he is the same guy who created Dog with a Block. Wow! And now Which the damn is first, true Kino. Yeah, true Kino. Yeah, Vince Gilligan could never, and Vince Gilligan could never with this epic finale. The dam is burst. It's raining. Everybody's shirtless. Almost everybody. Like, um, wow. It's like, it, it's a, it's we're, This is the weirdest orgy scene ever. Next to the ride, a towing one, of course. Obviously. I haven't seen Rat Out Twenty since we did the April Fool's episode. I think I should see it again. Just just to torture myself. Yeah. We should do Ratatouing Redux. We should. Yeah. It would be the most epic it would be the most epic mm. episode of all time. Hmm. Mm. So... The silhouette makes Amanda Seyfried's hair look like it's attached to her body. Yeah. Um. So also, um, this weekend I got um a copy of um 
uh, who sell out on vinyl. It's an it was a newer vinyl, and like I've been sold into the cult of Heinz baked beans. Yeah. I also... They should do like a, a Who jukebox musical, and they should just include Heinz baked beans in there for shits and giggles. <laughs> ah, you just gave me an idea. I mean, one <laughs> of the musicals that one of the musical ideas I have, I have an idea for like. I, I like this musical where um, it's like a family from 1958 until the stock market crash in 2008, and like I have the one that Elmo the caused. What? The one that Elmo caused. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's and it's gonna just gonna have like a, it, it's gonna have a sound similar to Great Comet, but it's just more like Great Comet meets Phantom. Is how I'm gonna end with Bjork. Um. This movie is never gonna end, guys. I just realized. Wait. Um, wait it's ending. <laughs> you say as the movie just ended. <laughs> <laughs> that is. That is the greatest thing. Yeah. This movie can't exactly. end though until Waterloo. Please be a, like a highlight on your channel. <laughs> yeah. That was can't... awesome. Wait, Tom Hanks was Tom an executive. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson executive <laughs> produced this. Yeah. Tom but I mean, yeah. Uh, also, this movie would have been better if Tom Hanks was in Pierce Brosnan's role. <laughs> yeah. Wait, can he sing? Maybe. I mean, he was I'll... in that Elvis movie where he played like, uh, like, uh, and it was like, if I had a nickel for every time Tom, every 2022 movie where Tom Hanks played a European caricature with like a, with like a, who, who like had like this, this mindless puppet, I have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird. It happened twice. The other one was, of course, that Pinocchio movie from the with from Disney Plus and Tom Hanks is just 3 years younger than Pierce Brosnan. He could have worked in that in that role. Yeah. I was I was actually thinking about like him like like in class yesterday we were learning about oneers, like one take shots and like Steven Spielberg has some like unique oneers where like like they're they're short and snappy and like I, I I remember we were there was this one from this movie called The Terminal which was about a guy that was like stuck in the airport because he couldn't like he couldn't like he he, he couldn't enter the country and he couldn't mm. go home either. Ah. Oh yeah, Waterloo time. Ah, that's. It's, ah, this is like a mid-credits scene. You know, it's Waterloo, I'll take it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, at such... work, when I went in for my work orientation, like, on Sunday, like, when I was walking into the office, Waterloo was playing. It's a sign! It's kismet. I know. That, I just thought that was really funny. Yeah, you're, 
Your life and ABBA are just connected. Yeah. And only now are you starting to realize it. Yeah, it's the same with my life and ABBA. It's like, as I said, they played uh, some of their songs at hockey games I work at. Those two look a bit too young to be Colin Firth. Hmm. Yeah, or Stellan Starsguard. Uh, that raised the same energy. This thing raised the same energy as those misplaced names posters where, like, um... Dwayne Johnson! <laughs> yes, the, that one for League of Super Pets. Where it was like, hey, you guys want to check out that new movie Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> I would love to. But not right now, because... We have a another movie to get to. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like um let me just introduce this movie. Um this is our Thanksgiving special, as I implied earlier on in this uh episode. And um well I saw it I first saw it in two thousand twenty one and like from the moment it started I just was just captivated, like and it's not often where you see where you fall in love with a movie just based on like the based on like the opening alone. Mm. And um it is of course a Thanksgiving movie, a recent one. And um let me just say, um it's um let me just I'm excited. Let me just say, uh let's we're gonna be watching the humans. The humans. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I mean, it was it was out last year. Um, Beanie Feldstein was in it. Richard Jenkins, oh. June Squibb. Funny Beanie girl. Feldstein? I love that woman. I love her. She deserves so much better than Funny Girl. Yeah. I love, I love Beanie Feldstein. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 